I don't like change. Um, but in our world, change is an ever constant. And it's, God has a funny sense of humor because he gave me a life that changes constant. Changing countries, changing, ch just change. And I don't like that. And you know, the people of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they didn't like change either. And they said, hey, what if we went back to Egypt? Guess what? That was slavery. But that was what they knew. And they wanted to go back. Why are we like that? God called us when he saved us to a new life. But we like what we know. We like, we don't like to change. I hope I'll change because I'm not satisfied with who I am. I need to be growing because I haven't arrived. I've got lots of issues and but yet I, I don't want change. And in our lives often we have that same issue. You know the world has changed the last few years and we don't like it. But you know what? There's no going back. The world has changed. And it's hard for us because we don't always see what's ahead. We may know what is behind and we think that's safer than what the unknown that's ahead of us. And sometimes that unknown in front of us, like the people of Israel, it contains giants. And they knew that there were giants across the Jordan River. And they didn't want to go there. And we might have giants in front of us in our lives. And we do in our ministry. And, you know, we don't always want to go and face them. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, I grew up here in Kent City. Um, my wife, Fabian, is from Switzerland. Um, obviously the better half. Um, <laughs> Uh, we've been in Cameroon just over 20 years, and um, our boys, all three of them, were born in Cameroon. Uh, they grew up there, and for them, light, change is a part of life. So they grew up in one country, their dad's from one country, their mom's from another country, and do they know where they're from? I'm not sure. <laughs> Do we know where we're from? We're not sure either, because we grew up in different countries. Most of our married life has been in a, a third country. Um, it's God's way of working in us. Um, we come back here, and there are faces that are familiar, but I've changed. You've changed. And... It, it's always a little awkward when I come back and I'm like, yes, I may have known you 20 years ago or the last time I saw you was four years ago, but you know, a lot happens in, in that amount of time. Um, and change is also happening for us. Um, our oldest has just graduated from high school and has started college. And when we go back to Cameroon, it'll just be four of us. So there's change for him, there's change for us. And appreciate your prayers, uh, especially for Daniel, as there's a lot of adjustments going on in his life. Um, before any time we came to this country, it was 
temporary. Maybe you do one semester in school or here for a vacation or whatever, but now it's real life. And, you know, there's some things that are hard about real life that we don't want to adjust to always. So, um, also appreciate your prayers for the school that the boys attend. Uh, it's a mission-run school, Rainforest International School, and it's going through a lot of changes. Uh, in, the la in the next year, um, the director of maintenance for the school, the director of finance, the guidance counselor, the head of the science department, who is also our current director of the school, will all be retiring. Um, the school needs new people. So if God has change in your life and you, it's part of a school administration or teaching, come see us afterwards because we need, the school needs um, new people. And uh, we'd love to have you come see a little bit of the change in our lives. Um, also in uh, our lives uh, in Cameroon, security has changed. Um, in 2008, I believe it was, is when we started having issues with um, religious extremists. And part of that meant that we had to pull our people out of one region of the country. Uh, they can now go back for short periods of time, but we can't live in that part of the country. And that had to change the way that we work. Um, it was hard. We struggled against it. The people that live there like, I just want to go back to the way it was. But that's not possible. Um, in another part of the country, a few years ago, um, there were separatists that wanted to no longer be part of the country. And that has basically gone into civil war in that, those regions. And that has required us to pull people out of those regions. And we can't work the way we used to. We can't even go into those regions right now. And those are where most of the languages are that need translation. So how do we deal with the changes that we're facing? Um, and it's kind of funny, the last year has allowed us a lot more tools to do that remote work than what we had before. And we're much more proficient at working remotely than we were a couple years ago. And that's helping us in the current reality. We didn't choose it, we didn't want it, but we are able to use what we've learned during the last two years to, to grow. Um, another one of the changes that the insecurity has brought have, is where people are allowed to live. When we got to Cameroon 20 years ago, people lived in very remote areas in the middle of nowhere. And they worked with the people and they would work on a translation. Well, now they can't live in those areas. And so the, what I used to do was I'd fly into small runways in the jungle or on the side of a mountain or wherever to get people to and from where they worked. Well, now with the insecurity, the needs have changed. And now some of the roads are unsafe. And instead of flying from remote area to the capital or wherever, we fly from regional big city to regional big city. It's, it's not nearly as fun as landing on those short little runways, but that's what the need is. And where we used to fly shorter flights to short runways, now we fly very long distances to big paved runways. That's not very exciting. 
And that's not a great story. People love the stories of, oh, you, you land on that? Well, no, we just land on a big slab of pavement now, but that's what the need is. And it's needed because people can't use the roads. It's unsafe to take the roads. And the way that we work has changed. Instead of somebody just focusing on one language, a lot of people are able, one person can focus on multiple languages and training the local people or working with them. And that has helped multiply the efforts of the people. Uh, currently in Cameroon, our team is constantly changing. As uh, that picture was taken a year or so ago, and three of us are on furlough. So the team has changed a lot. Right now, there's no airplane pilot in Cameroon to, to fly the airplane. We only have the helicopter flying. And change is just an ever-present part of our life there, um, working with missionaries who come and go. And for our family, our friends come, our friends go. And it's hard to say goodbye. And it's hard to deal with people constantly coming in and out of our lives. And we have to deal with that change as well. Uh, currently, we have an airplane and a helicopter in Cameroon uh, that we're able to use. When we go back, I will be the only airplane pilot for another six months before another pilot comes back from furlough. Um, through the years, I've had to change in my roles. We learned uh, uh, early on that, you know, when you, you get a job, if you learn how to do something, you, that's yours. You have to do it now. And, I started saying, no, I don't want to learn anything, any of these new roles because then I'm going to have to do it. Um, so I don't fly helicopters. I let somebody else fly them. I'll fix them, but uh, somebody else can fly the helicopter. Cameroon is an area of a lot of diversity. Uh, there's jungle, there's savanna, there's mountains, there's desert, there's the coastline, the beaches. Um, it's a very interesting place, but it's also a challenge because of all this diversity. Uh, more than 250 languages, and how do you work in a place with that many languages? And they've had missionaries for more than 100 years, but they didn't, they used trade languages. And that was good enough to work in the market, but that didn't really change people's hearts. And the reason that we translate the Bible into the local languages is for having heart change and not just um, action or uh, physical outward uh, compliance or somebody saying the right words but not having a, a changed heart. Because of the uh, insecurity in the country, we've had to uh, change the way that we work with some of our teams. Uh, these two men work in a remote area of insecurity that's very sensitive and they face persecution and they can't sometimes stay in their houses at night because they are scared of um, people coming in and raiding their village. But these people keep working on translating God's word. Several years ago, we figured out that, you know, if they're going to keep going, we need to help them. Because they were taking a bus 36 hours to get to the capital to work with a consultant. And we said, we don't have the money to pay for their flights but we're going to take a step of faith and we're going to say, we're going to fly you and trust God to provide for the money. Uh, we set up a fund 
in the US that people are able to give to and from that we've been able to continue flying and that has allowed these guys to not only feel much more valued and a part of the work but also to speed the work that they're able to do um, rather than taking a bus 36 hours and then taking three days to recover from the bus ride after a day they're ready to get to work and the speed of the translation has increased. Um, probably, they gain probably a month a year um, in their effectiveness just by using the airplane. Another one of the changes that has happened is formerly we were able to fly people other than the missionaries and that, the money that we made from that would pay for these flights. Well, the government said, you can't fly for people other than missionaries or church workers anymore. So we're like, how are we going to pay for all of this? Airplanes are expensive. And we, with that fund that we have, um, we tell people, we'll keep flying as long as there's money in the fund. When there's no more money, then we're going to have to stop flying. So um, uncertainty is also part of our reality of how long are we going to be able to keep going? Because we don't know. Will there be funds next year for uh, continuing to serve people like this who are translating God's word into their languages, whether they need to come for training or working with a consultant, or we're taking people in to uh, work with them for short periods of time. They can't, uh, we can't go into the villages, but we can go into the, the regional capitals where uh, these men are from. So it's uh, encouraging to see that despite only being able to see a short way in front of us, God has been faithful and he provides. We don't uh, know always what's in front of us. Uh, one of the changes that's a reality after um, Pastor Chris reminded me this morning, there's been 24 years that this church has been su supporting me. That's a long time. Thank you. But one of the realities that goes with that is a lot of the people, individuals that supported us 24 years ago, they're getting older. And um, just last Sunday, we heard of another one of our supporters that passed to glory. And that creates challenges for us because um, we, it, it, it's a continual step of faith. Lord, are you gonna, we need new people to, to stand up and partner with us. And so please be in prayer that God would raise up those um, extra people to partner with us that would not only support us in prayer because we really need that, um, and that's the basis of, of how we're able to continue to work. Fabian's going to share um, some of the things that she's able to be involved in and the uh, roles that she has. So you might wonder, how can we, you know, still want you to come when it seems so hard and so <laughs> difficult and it seems like there's insecurity so much, but I just wanted to remind us something very important. The only safe place is the center of God's will. And you can wonder today, are you in the center of his will? Are you where he wants you to be? Because that's really about the only safe place you'll find in this world. And um, as I was sitting there earlier, I just felt like I should share a little bit of 
uh, something different than what I showed in first service, so sorry for <laughs> But um, I always knew I had to be a missionary from the age of 12. And I thought missionary women were nurses and teachers. And so that's what I tried to do. And it didn't work out. But I was a, somebody, a young lady, very confident, very confident. And um, the Lord had to break me to use me. And um, my path doesn't really make sense because I, I didn't finish a, a degree or major. And some of you might be in the same place. You know, you might feel like unqualified or unworthy to do what God wants you to do. But I want to tell you today that um, God has a plan for each one. And it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense to the person around you, not even to your parents. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. One that has to, it has to make sense to God, you and God. What are you, what is God calling you to do? What is the gift that it has placed in you that it wants to use for, for this world? And you have a special mission. You have something special God has prepared for you to do. And I just would like all of us to, to really meditate on that. Are you in the right place right now? Are you doing the right thing? I thought it makes a lot of sense that I was even going to serve God. But God keeps breaking my plans and keep breaking what I think is the right thing to do. Because... It's only when we're broken that we make enough space for God to do what he wants to do. A jar that's not broken doesn't have cracks to shine through, you know? So if you want your light to shine, better be just broken. That's the best place to be. Broken, not just broken like that, but in his hands, broken. And say, Lord, I'm willing for you to tear me up like he teared the bread and the fish. Tear my life, you know, like he did that to, fill the to feed the multitude because... You're not enough. What you have is not enough to feed even the person next to you or to help the person next to you. But if you're broken in his hands, God can use you. And he can use that life broken before him to, to feed the multitude. So it's a side note to just say, you know what? <laughs> Let's really make this check and say, Lord, are we doing what's right? Are we doing what we are meant to do. And as a, an organization, we had to go through that place um, when coronavirus came. We didn't know how we would go in Cameroon because Cameroon has not has a greatest hospital with a lot of respirators and all of that. So we were like, what do we need to do as an organization to protect our people, protect the people of Cameroon and not allow it for, you know, not enough people having what they need to, to survive this. And we had, and I was like, Lord, <laughs> why? One big question for me was not so much about, you know, okay, what is this virus going to do, whatever, but why are you stopping everyone around the world? Why are you stopping us? Like, why are you saying, go into a, a place of confinement or go into, and he's done that in the Bible, no? He took the disciples <laughs> in the room to wait for the Holy Spirit, no? took uh, Jeremiah in a place, in a cave. And so sometimes God brings us to these places that don't make sense, where we seem like, what is happening? This life doesn't make sense. I don't know how to work in this, with these restrictions, with this. But uh, my question was like, Lord, what are you saying? Are we doing what's right? And maybe you're stopping us because we need to change, because what's coming is way bigger 
and or is different and we need to be equipped for what's coming so i was just like lord help me to just spend that extra time with you to receive the new direction this new new strategies maybe that you want our mission to have for this new season because you want you have a plan you have a plan obviously you're not surprised by what's happening in the world you're not even shaken by it so why you know so what are you saying what are you telling me what are you as a leader what are you telling me as a person what are you telling me and this was a, an amazing and hard place to be it's like okay lord okay you want to change but some of these changes changes not only you but people around you and what we have to do so i had to let go of some people restructure the organization a bit to face what we're currently facing and those decisions are never easy, but you know that the pruning comes to help you bear more fruit. The pruning is not to destroy. When you are in God's hand, whatever it cuts off or the things it's challenging you to grow into, it doesn't do it to destroy us. It doesn't do it to, but it does, does it because it wants us to bear more fruit and to be able to, to be the people we need to be and to be strong and courageous in the face. The world is watching us. And are we those strong and courageous people that they can look up to and, and see, yeah, it's true, it's, it's hard, there's hard things, but they seem to have hope. They seem to, to still be moving forward because, you know, Jesus, he was able to go to the cross because he knew what's ahead, no? He had this joy. He was able to endure the worst situation. And the same thing is, is there for us, you know? The same joy that was in front of Jesus, that allowed in, is there's our inheritance in Christ. And I just felt like this was a lesson that we needed to learn, to really set our eyes on his ways, because his ways are higher than our ways. And we started doing more Zoom meetings uh, that even brought more unity in our organization as people were working in the region could join us and people even outside the country could join us. So that was fun to see the positive effects. And I think sometimes we have a hard time seeing the positive out of some very challenging situation that we go through. And that was a really amazing thing. Another thing during that time, the church leaders, some church leaders were thinking, what should the church response be in face of all this insecurity, in face of the, the virus and all that? What can we do? What can we say to encourage the people around us? So we organize, um, so they join uh, not just church leaders, but also leaders of Christian organization. And we try to wrestle with, okay, what should we do? And we had a day of uh, prayer and fasting and repentance uh, to ask for the Lord to intervene in Cameroon. And I was on the national day so our organization joined them uh, behind the scene to just support that effort and key pastors went in, in different locations to really pray for God's kingdom to come in Cameroon. And that was powerful to see those men repenting and asking for the Lord's mercy over the country. And we were able to help as the, you can imagine. So it's, uh, where we are is, is safe right now, but the, there's other regions that are not. So people are fleeing these regions to come to these other regions that are safer. And as they do that, they live with family members and their house are overcrowded sometimes. 
and or they don't have the basic things they need. So through this uh, effort, we were able to also provide some rice and uh, oil and the basic things for people to to have food for their families. So that was a, a fun, a really amazing thing to be a part of. And we also tried to gathered some key, some of these key church leaders in two different events. So this was a mission conference, and rec more recently we had a pastor's breakfast where we invited and said, you know, what? how can our organization help in, in this time of challenge, and how can we be supporting, because really it's the work of the church to, to, to have disciples and use the scriptures that are translated in the mother tongue. So we need to work closely with them. So uh, we're like, what is the role you would like us to play in this time? And we also had a time of repentance saying, how can we, how can we put grudges aside that we have? Can, how can we um, really uh, mend our relationships so we can be a united body to serve? the world that is around us in Surf Cameroon. And so those were prayerful things. And one thing they were sharing was they need us as a, an organization. We're kind of a, a neutral platform because we don't represent a church. We don't represent a particular denomination or a particular tribe of Cameroon or a particular group. You know, we're a very mixed group. Um, so they said, can you be this platform where we would gather and provide either training or opportunities for us to be more together? So this is something we're asking the Lord, how do you want us to build those bridges? Because we really want to have a greater impact to serve uh, the nation of Cameroon. So Bible translation, language development is what we are about. And we can find those solutions and continue to put, because we believe more than that, we believe that it's not just about a product and, oh, we've done this, but we want life to be transformed. We want the life to be transformed. That's why we feel like they need to hear in the language they value the most, the language they understand the best, so they can actually transform their lives. So this is something very exciting that's coming and something very exciting I get to be part of is to go to those New Testament dedication, that was one of them, and just rejoice with people that God speaks their language. He knows them, and you know how much language is close to identity. So it just means so much more to them when they can hear the words of God in, in the language they, they know well. I get to also meet with different government leaders, uh, different ministers, uh, to try to continue to further our our objectives because we really need good relationship to be able to stay in country you know they give us the authorization to stay there and to work there and they give us regulation that are helping or not so sometimes we need to kind of ad advocate for what we do and ask them for their help and so was able to meet the minister of transport of labor of basic education and uh, with a few of them too to really continue to advocate for what we do and the importance of it so that people can not only become closer to God but also develop because we believe that when you hear not just the word of God but other information in the language you master your life changes so I get to visit the different projects that, SI, um, that we uh, have all around the country so that's always exciting and another area it's trauma healing, uh, as you know, the country has been through so much. People are 
suffering. So it would be very insensitive from us to just say, you know, keep working on developing this orthography, this alphabet, while they are going through very, very intense in, uh, situation and hardship. You know, they're not even able to, like you said, to sleep maybe in their house that night or, you know, so we felt like they need to receive healing to be able to do the work and con continually uh, access God's uh, forgiveness and the strength to forgive even those who hurt them so that their heart can continue to be free and at, at peace even in those difficult situations. So there is a, a trauma healing course that we, we give to church uh, pastors and church leaders or community for the people that work in our project. But also, we realized we needed to extend it to teachers because we have a good relationships also uh, in the area of uh, basic education. So we are helping teachers be aware of trauma so they can handle the kids that they, they teach that be traumatized and be hurt by all that's going on. And that way find, find just re healing and um, so they've been doing friendship clubs for the kids so they could express what they went through and start a conversation. So it's overwhelming. The needs that, that they have are overwhelming. And the more we talk, the more we see that what we do is not even enough. But we pray that the little that we do will spread and that these people we train will in turn train others or at least share so that more awareness is there and people can really find in God the healing they need, the strength they need, and to continue working for him and serving him and be faithful. And I was, I was just um, struck again and again how um, we, we just need, that this, everything we're going through is overwhelming, but what we need is the enough strength to be faithful day in, day out, and even when it's dark. Even when it's hard, you know, you look at Paul and Silas in the prison, they chose worship and they saw a breakthrough. So what are we choosing when we're in these dark places? What are we choosing to do? Are we choosing to be faithful? Like Joseph, he went through so much hardship, so much. But God had a bigger plan. And it's later that he realized like, wow, God, that's what you were doing with me. And he didn't see that that end while he was in the prison, while he was in Potiphar's house as a slave, you know. He didn't see that. But his faithfulness in those dark places is what. And I just always feel like Dennis is a great example. He's been that, like he said, spare tire. <laughs> and that steadiness and faithfulness in these dark places. And all of us are called for that, to just say, you know, kind of, because that brings so much stability also to our family and to the department it serves and to when you can have a somebody that no matter what is going to keep getting back up. You know, you might be tempted, you may be rejected, you might be whatever it is. But at the end of the day, are you able to say, Lord, I trust you to get me out of it? Because we're not perfect and we'll mess up and I'm the first one to do so. But, and, and it's, um, sometimes you can say, oh, it's amazing all they do. But the heart, it's, it's been hard, it's been painful. It's been like a really hard process and not long ago at prayer night, I told them I can't even get back up today. So can you please pray for me? And there's days where I just don't want to go back. There's days I don't want to, 
to do this again and again and lead because you lead and you try to have this good eye, but it's always accusation, criticism, things you go through. And it's like, Lord, just help me be faithful one more day, you know, one more day and get back up. And that's what I want to encourage us as you guys face also those adversity in your lives. Just ask God for that strength to, to just go on one more day. That lamp on our feet, you know, to go one more step faithfully. And you'll be blown away looking back what God will do. It's just that simple seed of faithfulness. So I just would like Dennis to continue not to, um, yeah, and that path. Thank you. We all are facing difficult situations. Um, if we went around the room, each one of us could probably list not only one, but multiple difficult things that they're facing. And when we look at the Bible, we see lots of examples of people who faced overwhelming odds. Um, in the passage uh, that we have here in Joshua, the Israelites had come out of Egypt. They had been 40 years in the desert, and now they're being, getting ready to cross the Jordan River. And it's change. It's something new. And they don't know really how this is going to work. Okay, we're going across the river, but how, there's giants over there. They're big. We're small. How, we don't have the strength to do this. And it's only when we go with God's strength that there's hope. Because in our own strength, we might as well stay in the desert because it's not going to work if we're the ones doing it. So uh, Joshua uh, 1, 7 through 9 is so encouraging. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only, you, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. No matter what we're facing, it's not our own strength that will help overcome. But God tells us to be strong and courageous, not because we have the strength to do it, but because He is with us. And in our work or in your lives, we all face things that are too big for us. And we need to spend that time with God, being close to Him, and drawing close to Him so that we can face the challenges. And as Joshua told the people, get ready. He helped them get ready because, you know, we're crossing over. And there are days when we can't do it. And we need someone to come along with us. And that like Joshua with the people. Help them get ready. And there are people around you that you can help when they're facing these difficult times. And we're all in need of remembering continually. Spend that time with God. And it's His presence. It's not my strength. Throughout the Bible, whenever God called somebody, He also promised His presence. And that is what allows us to move forward. We need to remember God's promises. We're not moving just to move. 
but we're taking the time to spend with God to know, okay, this is the way you want me to go. Or, you know, I've been going this way, but God, you, after I bang my head against 15 doors, eventually I'm, oh God, you want me to go this way. I'm a little slow. Um, and we all, at times, struggle with, I just can't do it. And we're not, we, when we take that time to listen to God, we're like, oh, you wanted me to go this way. And his plans are better than ours. Um, but often, if we knew ahead of time, we would never agree to the plans <laughs> that he has for us. And it's a very difficult thing to step out and to go into these places. Um, to step into the chaos, as um, Larry Crabb said in, in one of his books, is, you know, this world has a lot of chaos. And when we step into it, we can bring stability. We can bring light. But it's no fun and it's uncomfortable and we don't feel like we're capable and we're not. But when we do that, we step into the chaos to bring God's light into these situations. It's amazing to see what he will do. And it's a much better place than had we stayed in the desert. Um, yeah, we just need to be continually moving forward in his presence and to be strong and courageous because he is with us. So um, in a minute, Fabian's going to come and share some prayer requests. But before that, could everybody turn to somebody next to them and tell them, be strong and courageous. Thank you for praying with us uh, that we would uh, continue to be flexible in his hands, continue to be strong and courageous to do faithfully what he's called us to do. We're thankful for your support. As Ben said, we are, that brings so much stability to our lives when that is going so well. And we want you to continue praying for son Daniel has the address to college life and us being away. We will uh, go back to Cameroon January 8th. We'll be in Switzerland from December 26th to January 8th. So that's when uh, we'll leave here, December 26th. So, um, yeah, so continue to pray for wisdom and that, I, that we will stay in that place of dependency for his direction. You know, Josh, um, <laughs> David had so many times he had to go against the Philistine, no? But did God give him the same strategy every time to attack them? No. So we need to continue to be dependent on his strategies. And just pray for that for me for rest. I've been working remotely from here all this time since uh, from July till now. I'm hoping to take some time uh, off in December. But if things keep coming up that are difficult to deal with, they'll keep having to be to <laughs> disturb my rest. So please that I will really be rested when I go back and favor with the government as there's an increasing insecurity they're asking a lot more questions and things on us and constant having to provide different documents proof of that proof of this and so it's not an easy place to be but God is giving us favor so far so I'm just uh, praising him for that and that 
just got to be with us as we transition back in January. Um, that's one thing that changed too. Now we need a special authorization from, to return and on top of the normal process. So let's just pray that everything will go smoothly for us to go back in January. So those are our prayer requests and thank you again for listening, for your interest, your support. We couldn't do it without you and your prayers, so keep it up, please. <laughs> Thank you so much. May God bless you, and let's continue to be faithful to him. He's worthy.